Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there, Dig a Bit 2 for month, let's see, I think we're in month 6, is that right? Yes, we're in month 6 and this is Dig a Bit number 2 and I wanted us to look for just a minute about the persecution that occurred to Christians under the reign of the Emperor Nero. And that was, by the way, the time when the epistle of 1 Peter was written. We're about to dig into 1 Peter. And we really don't know for sure when it was written, but it's likely that it was written after Paul's release from imprisonment, which happened around 62 to 63 A.D., And it was addressed to Christians in Asia Minor, and it was probably about the beginning of that time when Nero began persecuting Christians. It's designed to the epistle from Peter, the first epistle, was designed to encourage and comfort Christians in the middle of the fiery trial that they were about to endure and to hold on to the magnificent hope that they had in Christ Jesus even during the very darkest of times um, in that political arena where Christians were so dreadfully persecuted. So I wanted us to take just a little bit, and of course we're talking about 2,000 years ago, so it is improbable that we're going to get everything historically exactly correct. But there is enough information from historians that lived during the time of Nero and shortly after the time of Nero that we can ascertain that Nero was, among other dastardly deeds that he did, including the murder of his own mother, we can conclude that he definitely was adversarial to Christians and he did not care if his persecution of Christians included torturous death. We can pretty much ascertain that as we look at historians. And so we do know that he blamed Christians for burning Rome. Um, that's that's pretty well established and many historians believe that Nero himself burned Rome. We have um, a lot of historians who granted might have been biased against Nero because of certain events that had happened but they certainly believe that there was um, a reason to think that that Nero burned Rome himself. And we even have some allusion, as you know, to Nero dressing up in a costume and making music over the burning of Rome. I'm not sure that we have evidence that that, sufficient evidence to know that that actually occurred. I don't believe that we do, but we do know from history that, well, at least that there's a strong indication from history that he blamed the Christians for the burning of Rome. Tacitus, historian Tacitus, says he had them killed by throwing them to the beasts, by crucifixion, and by burning them alive as a result of his blaming them for the burning of Rome. He punished them to, according to Tacitus, for 
the burning of Rome because he himself wanted to deflect the attention from whoever did burn it um, to the Christians, and he did not mind a bit their being killed in punishment for doing something that they didn't do at all. Tacitus claims that Nero extensively tortured Christians after that fire. I don't know how you say this. Suetonius mentions um, punishing those Christians for being a part of a new and mysterious superstition or cult. Tertullian, and he's a very um, well-respected historian, says that Nero was the first persecutor of Christians, the first Roman persecutor of Christians. And Lactantius also says that, as does Severus. So Tacitus, again, says also that Nero lined the roads leading to Rome with crucified Christians and even provided nighttime illumination by setting them on fire. It should come as no surprise to us that those who were faithful, especially in the first century, were going to be treated that way. Jesus himself said to the apostles, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world does hate you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And that's in John chapter 15. Jesus told them in John chapter 16 that they would be put out of the synagogues, that the time was coming, that whoever would kill one of them would think that he was doing service to God. He says, these things he spoke to you, the apostles that is, that in, in me, Jesus, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In 1 Peter then, the epistle that we are about to dig into, we, we do believe that the Christians in the book of 1 Peter were being persecuted because of their Christianity and under the rule of Nero. We also know that, um, that the epistles of, to Timothy were written during this time. It was a time when the hearts of men were being uh, greatly tried, when faith needed to be strengthened, and when Christ needed to become dearer to them than their very lives because they, many of them were going to be called on to give their lives. And we read about that martyrdom when we get to the book of Revelation, and we read about um, folks in the churches of Asia that were persecuted even to that degree of martyrdom. So as we look at the book of First Peter that we're about to dig into, I don't want us to be surprised that it deals with persecution and the Christian's reaction to that persecution. The, it, was, it was going to be a virtual firestorm that was beginning as, um, as Nero began to persecute, and it was not going to get better until the 4th century. Rome was going to exert power and adopt every 
measure in an attempt to completely wipe out Christianity. So the question was in 1 Peter, are you going to be strong enough to suffer martyrdom if that's what it comes to rather than renounce the Lord? And this is, of course, what the focus of 1 Peter is about, and it is known as the epistle of suffering. So as we look at 1 Peter, I think that we go ahead and say that regardless of the extent of the persecution in Nero's day, it was the beginning of Christian persecution. To me, it seems like martyrdom first occurred in the the reign of Nero. He was ruthless. He was what we would call an utter narcissist, only thinking about himself and not having empathy for the stature or the belief or even the family tie of anyone around him. Anybody who does a little bit of research on Nero understands that he was utterly selfish and his narcissism drove him to acts of insanity. We know that about him. So knowing that the Christians were uh, threatening his um, pompous dictatorship, they didn't threaten his dictatorship, but they did refused to bow down and worship him as deity. We do know that that would have been completely against the standard of loyalty to Christ that they were to have. So I see no reason why severe persecution wasn't occurring. And we have several um, respected historians who tell us that indeed it was. So as we look into 1 Peter, we can see some major themes of persecution, but we are all going, also going to see some major themes of comfort. And those are listed for you if, you, if you're in the book on page 52 and 53, really the, um, mostly on page 52, you're gonna see those themes of comfort. And if you've done your research on Nero, you know, that the persecution of Christians was very um, real, and we don't know exactly the extent of it, but it was very great, we know, as we look at the epistle of First Peter. As we look at the epistle of um, Second Timothy, we see Paul imprisoned in that same world. So um, as we're digging in and we read the epistle of first peter let's close with chapter 4 verses 12 to 14 don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is about to try you as though some strange thing happened to you but rejoice to the extent that you are a partaker with christ of suffering that when his glory is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding joy if, and this is for us today too, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. 
on their part, that is the persecutor's part, he is being blasphemed. But on your part, he is being glorified. That's ironic that there can be two people in an arena, one of which is dying at the hands of another, and the one is a blasphemer of the way, of the God who is the giver of all good gifts, and this person who is killing another and doing so sometimes in the name of, of a deity, even an emperor who claims to be deity, that person is blaspheming God with every breath that is in him. And yet that very persecution turns out to be glory for Christ. And we're going to second, first Peter rather, is the epistle that we're going to use in this study to point out that every trial and persecution is when it is inflicted upon the people of God will turn out for his glory. On their part, he is blasphemed. Same arena, same room, same events happening. But on their part, God is being blasphemed. And on you, the victorious part, he is being glorified. I would challenge you to also look over the book of Revelation as we go through this to see the great theme of victory during this persecution that is there. If you let the book of Revelation uh, be its own uh, commentary, be its own translator, what those figures mean so many times it even tells us what they mean. And we may not be absolutely sure which persecution the book of Revelation is speaking of. I have my own very strong idea about that. But when you look at the verse, at the, the uh, writ, at the revelation to the apostle John from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus, when you look at that, you absolutely know that the theme is glory through persecution and in the end game, victory over the evil one, Satan the deceiver is defeated. That's what happens in an arena of persecution. On the one hand, he is blasphemed, but in the end, the victory is his and he is glorified. That's what, what we're gonna be looking at in 1 Peter. So thanks for listening. Uh, I hope that you dig into 1 Peter and I hope that we find some gems there that will help us be comforted during times of trial and persecution. Have a good one.